Ladies and gentlemen, you know what I'm about to say. Another Tuesday, another pod. Jackson Stew. In the stew. In the stew. Going to have a good pod today. We got Casey Bennett joining us for an action-packed episode, breaking down the Gators versus D-backs sweep. Wild series, wild moments. Some that I'm sure Gators fans would like to forget as quickly as they can. But some good some good moments for the D-backs and for Bennett. So a uh, fun one to talk about for sure. Some additional fun stories late in this pod as well. Yeah, this um, is a good pod. It's a good pod. I think. Yeah, I think. good banter. Good banter for sure. Bennett's in the house. Going to be a good one. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pipe It Up podcast, the official podcast of MLW Wiffle Ball. Jack, welcome back to the stew, my man. It's back been too in the long. stew. It's been too long. Feels like, it feels like ages, man. We had to rep the Lions today. It was a roller coaster of emotions day oh my for the gosh. Lions fans. Yeah, I don't even remember what time it was. Notification, ESPN notification pops up on my phone. CJ Gardner Johnson getting God, helped off the a, field. Just a kick to the groin, man. After a non whenever it says non contact, it's bad. It's it's typically bad. Um only to to come to find out hours later that the MRI was um negative for anything bad, at mm-hmm. least. So I think he'll be fine. But we hope that was just so typical Lions right it off was. the bat. Like we we would have our, you know, safety that we went out in free agency just get injured right and away. it was he's on a one-year deal too so yeah. it's like he's never gonna play yeah it's a, <laughs> we're it's, never gonna it. see him play that's it yep that, <laughs> but, that's millions of dollars but yes that is our lions aside for the day um <laughs> nfl season low-key coming up it's pretty exciting football's back month and a half it's officially back it really is back. i'm pumped i've been watching uh the quarterback series on netflix oh, I with my wife out. She's all of a sudden a big Kirk Cousins fan now because of the show. A man of God, he really Spartan. is just a great guy. Yeah, he's. A, I, I. It sucks that he plays for the Vikings. It does. I, it, it really does because I, I, I want to love him. I, I do. I do. I, I do love really him when he's like not him. playing the Lions. Yes. Yes. I will root for him when he's not playing yeah. the Lions. Exactly. Yeah. I actually met him way back in the day at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And, uh, I have his book. He wrote a book when he's on the Skins. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have that book somewhere in this house, but. uh Aside from the NFL, we got a special guest in the building today, Casey Bennett, making his first ever Pipe It Up podcast appearance in person. First appearance ever or no? Uh, no. Uh, I think I was on it back in the spring. This year? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I do recall. I do recall. Mm-hmm. We talked about your home run and your first career being all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But good to have you in the studio. You made the drive all the way from Illinois for today, um, which sounds like a lot, but he was coming back anyway, right? <laughs> Back to the mitten. Back, yeah, so you moved to Michigan for the summer. People might not know that, but Bennett is from Illinois, a town called Normal, Illinois, which is hilarious. <laughs> so we left Normal, came back to Michigan. Why'd you choose to move to Michigan this summer? Oh uh, Well, I was kind of given an ultimatum uh, at the beginning of the season for my parents because they ah. didn't want me to take like our old cars to and from Illinois to Michigan to play in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of also saw an opportunity, I think we'll get into later, uh, to help a career that I want to pursue in sports journalism. Uh, so I just decided to move up here so I could stay in the league and then, of course, uh, help myself with sports journalism in the future. Yeah, how's it been? It's been great wow, up here. all time right there. Yeah, that was awesome. That was one of the record books. Sorry, yeah. Ben, I just ruined your little statement there by my voice cracking like a 12-year-old. But. <laughs> it's been good. I mean, I got a lot of good friends up here. I've become closer with a lot of my teammates and a lot of different guys in the league. So it's been a, it's been a pretty stressless uh, move. Would you say it has improved your wiffle ball game? <laughs> I would say it has a lot. Um, I'm going for that most improved Tom. Oh, Ooh, Alfred right the most out the improved. gates. 
Certainly it. a worthy candidate. I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say so. absolutely. You have some competition on your own team. My own team. I, I, <laughs> I hope Trey wins it over me, but I'm still coming oh, for it. Classy. classy. It's always good when you got two candidates on your team for most I mean, improved. That means you did something right in the offseason. The record reflects it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not often that you can just have your, your teammates just pick up and move. Yeah, um, both sophomores too. So, yeah. Very cool. Flood and Bennett, the young gun and the old. Actually, Bennett, you're young. You We forget how young you are because you're only going to be, what, a junior in college next year? Correct. Correct. God. How long have you been playing old. wiffle ball for? Uh, well, I mean, I, I've said it before. I think I started watching you guys back in 2017. And then just from there, I just I went to my first uh, MLW tournament. I think it was a Midwest Slugfest back in 2020. So I. Uh, just in the backyard over my childhood, just playing all kinds of like baseball related sports and wiffle ball, no exception. So it's been a while. Yeah. It's been bred in him yeah. over the years. He didn't know it would lead into this, but he was preparing all along, it sounds like. I mean, you definitely see him prepared. Uh, talk about, you know, being a candidate for most improved. You had a couple exceptional, uh, exceptional home runs this year, including the Grand Slam there in, in game one. Uh, just walk us through you know, that at bat, what you were thinking, what you felt when you hit that home run. I Jorgie's a tough at bat. Uh, I was seeing him pretty well that day. Luckily, uh, he's, he was a little wild against me, but he's, he's one of the nastier pitchers in the league. A lot of his pitches got a lot of movement. Uh, so I believe I had two strikes on that grand slam Ooh. at bat. Mm. And I, I want to credit right now, my manager, Jimmy Norp. I think he's the best <laughs> manager in the league. <laughs> I, there's no manager in this league that's going to give you a scouting report for every series. He's going to talk you up and keep you confident in the box. He's going to hold you uh, to a high standard and hold you accountable for everything you do. He's just, I think he's the best manager in the league, and that's kind of... Uh, I think that's been a big part of my own success, just um, making sure that we're all uh, prepared for every series. So his little scouting reports sometimes help with pitcher tendencies, and so let's just say I... I might have had a little tip on what uh, Georgie was thinking to throw me in those at bats. So, how much did he pay you to say that? Yeah, how bold! <laughs> how bold of you to come into my house, me and Jack, two, two managers, two managers, right and just say Jim's the best man. We got another one upstairs too. I hope, <laughs> hopefully, he can't hear. Hey, are you, are you uh, giving your player scouting reports? I, I do. I don't know. I, I don't know how good they are. I'm trying. I'm trying to give them we, some scouting uh, we, reports. I, once again, I can't speak on behalf of Jimmy and what he does, but we do. We, we are vocal in the group chat um, days prior to the series, going over pitcher tendencies, sending clips. You'd be surprised. We're pretty active in there. That probably sounded like more of a shot than it was supposed to. No, I was joking around <laughs> with you, Ben. I looked at Jack right away like, what do we yeah. chop liver? But no. no. Norp's a great manager. I mean, we we a, know that. Yeah. yeah. She's shown it over the last couple of years. He's definitely earned his stripes as one of the top managers in the league. And I actually wanted to kind of ask you specifically about that. Like, can you give us any more insight as to like what Jimmy does to help you during the series? I guess before too, but is there anything specific that you want to share about Norp mid mid series management? Uh, I can take us back to the Eagles series to kind of uh, just give a little description of uh, how high of a standard Jimmy holds us all to. We were kind of messing around when we were up like double digits against the Eagles at um, or Dan. What, what was that field called? Harwell Field. Uh, Harwell Field, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I guess me specifically, I just kind of didn't get locked in, and he was getting on me during the game and, like, after the series. Like, you got to stay locked in. You want good at-bats. It'll help later in the season. So, I guess that's just that just goes more to show how good of a manager he is and how much he expects out of all of us. Cool. All right. 
reason I asked is because there was a comment in, in this week's video saying how, um, like mentioning how disciplined all the D-backs are at the plate consistently. So I wanted to know just kind of what, what he's saying to you guys in series. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear how he's still on you guys even during a blowout, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll like, tell us to, like, be patient at the plate, swing at strikes. Uh, and I guess we've been really successful swing at, at that. We, we Look at balls. Look at That's balls. Pretty good. Swing at strikes. God, uh, Mark really he, is the best manager in the man, league. <laughs> where's this guy come up with this stuff? Poor <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, This is actually ben. a perfect segue. I'm sorry, the next, this is the perfect segue, Ben. I don't want to... Did you have more you wanted to say? I just wanted to say, like, I think we've been doing a really good job of getting on base, and a lot of that has to do... I don't, I don't want to, like, hold Jimmy up on too much of a pedestal, but he is really no, good he's at getting it. us yeah, all um, in the best mindset in those at-bats. Jim's earned everybody credit that he's been given in terms of his personality just how nice of a guy he is how great of a player he is just the way he carries himself on the field i mean there's a reason why he's the most popular player in our league and arguably the sport of football yeah but as you guys can see this is a good segue i have a tendency to clown bennett often i don't know why but me and bennett, me and bennett are always joking around i'm probably pretty harsh on him but it's all love bennett as you know it used to be daniel schultz who was always my target and now i found a new target in bennett that i always just Got kind of grill at the field, and he's kind of the butt of my joke, unfortunately. Hopefully, he doesn't take it personally. I don't think he does. He came today, so you can't have taken it that personally. Only a little bit. Only a little bit. And I cooked I, him dinner today. so I like joshing around with Bennett just because I think he's like, he can take it. He Bennett dishes it, but he dishes it out he, too. He a little bit behind the scenes. He dishes it out. He's a guy who can dish he, out a little bit of beef every now and then. That's there. right. That's right. But so when you hit that grand slam, if you guys watch the video back, you'll hear Norp as Bennett's rounding the bases. Norp's like, Where's Tom? Where's Tom? Because before the series, just messing with Bennett, I was like, Norp, you're really going to bench Shima and play Bennett in this first game? Like, what are you thinking, bro? So I'm joking around with him, and I'm like, Bennett can hear this, of course, and Bennett's just smiling at me and shaking his head. And then Bennett goes yard, and the first thing you hear from Jim is, where's Tom? Where's Tom? <laughs> and it wasn't in the video, but after that at bat, I think Norp was behind you in the lineup, right? Or was he two, right behind you? Yeah. Yeah, so then Jimmy, I was busy filming while he was saying that, and I could hear him saying it, but I couldn't, like, acknowledge it. And then when Jimmy stepped up to the plate, the next at bat, I like tipped my cap and I was waving my hat to him <laughs> and he started laughing. That's why he's the best manager right there. I was clowning him for starting Bennett and Bennett hits a grand slam. He was one step ahead of you. He really was one step ahead of me. But uh, that was funny. And then later in the video, <laughs> which I was surprised Kyle kept this in, but it was funny. Bennett strikes out. Were you swinging or looking there? I swung. I swung. Swing and miss on Bennett. And I'm in center field with the camera. And I just go, see you, Bennett. See you, Bennett. <laughs> that was so funny. That was gold. Oh, poor Bennett. I feel bad now. But it's all in good fun. I love this guy. Come on. It is. To, it's all in good fun. To pump you up a little bit here, Bennett, it seems like every time you connect with the ball this year, it's it's going over the fence. Um, building on that talk about just like your guys's approach at the plate as a team you know is that something that you're thinking about like when you when you go is like i'm trying to hit a home run well it's honestly how i explain it is just i guess it's kind of my swing if i make contact with the ball the right way the way my swing and like launch angle is i feel like it's probably going to go out yeah and i guess it's kind of proof that i mean i don't even know how many hits i have in this league but probably half of them have been home runs mm -hmm. so i i guess it probably just have to do with my swing path and also i i was talking up jimmy a lot but i I'll give myself a little credit. We've been working a lot since I've got up to Michigan. Like, we'll go out and play some wiffle ball. We'll go practice a little bit, and those reps really help. Um, mm -hmm. I've got a much more confident uh, approach at the plate, uh, trusting my eye, just uh, picking up the movement on pitches a lot better. So I I guess it's it's showing on the stat sheet, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself. You should be. 
absolutely, yeah, absolutely. should be. Those, those, yeah. those dingers are earned. No one sees that, you know. Not People that are close followers and listen to this podcast, you know, will hear about that. But 90% of the people who watch that video and see you go yard aren't going to know about that. So. I need some of the dingers in, in this area of the stew to, Just to, slide, to over. slide over little, to this area. little St. Louis magic yeah. for Jack coming into this Slide weekend. over to this area of the stew. Try to pass along yeah. some of that magic. But, um, yeah, impressive, impressive uh, power numbers from Bennett. Let me pop up right now on the screen. The OPS rankings in this league, would you say you were top four? I, I checked the OPS. They're like the stats at, after I got done watching the series, and I saw OPS, and I was right up there with Grant Jordan and uh, Pearson. I think we were the top four. And I think you were fifth, Tom. Ah, yeah, there we go. Good crowd. So that's right, good, right that's behind good company. Bennett. That is good right, company. Right belong behind Bennett, of course. Was it, where was Flynn? Where was Flynn on that list? He was a big OPS guy. He was. I think he sunk a bit. He sunk a bit after that Eagle series, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. makes but, sense. Yeah, uh, but uh, Bennett, congrats on the series win and series sweep. Um, don't want to do it. It pains me to do it, as I like the Gators guys as well. But we got to get into game two, fellas. Yeah, man, what an absolute heartbreaker! Just a yeah. heart in your throat moment that even me, who I have no, I had no reason to really root for the Gators there, besides trying to catch the D backs in the standings, but. Just just a sucky way to end the game. I don't know how else to say that. I felt for Chris bad, man. Real bad. There it's it's one of those things I feel like where you watch it, like you're watching the video and you're most viewers are probably like, Man, like what was he thinking? Or like what was he doing? But then when you put yourself in that exactly. moment, like it I don't know, it's it's always like hindsight's twenty twenty and when you're watching from like a wider lens, it seems like sometimes decisions are easier to make, like mm-hmm. in the moment. Um, but like you said, like I feel for Chris, he was just trying to make a play exactly. like it, it, the outcome, you know, the result wasn't what he wanted, but you know, you, you can say what you want about the decision. I think you could argue it either way. No, I've been there. Um, I have to think way back. We're going on 10 years now, which is crazy, but I still to this day remember, um, in a JV baseball game one time, it was the top half of the last inning, not the bottom half, but still. I made a throwing error that essentially ended up costing us the game, and man, those sting. Those stick yeah. with you. And to yeah. see it end like that, where not only did the tying run score, but the winning run scored too. Gosh, you just had to, in a game they like didn't need to win, but needed to win. I mean, you could it just tell was so tough. You could tell the obviously the the anguish after right right after that moment, but also just it kind of boiled over into game oh, three with sure. you know Jorgensen hucking bats mm-hmm. and you could just tell they all, all their body language like they were frustrated and rightfully so like the magic had been there too yeah. you know um so we, we we know that feeling too and like you said you hate to see it you just you love to see like good competition mm-hmm. like all around um but kind of is what it is i mean credit to the diamondbacks like it, it was mentioned a couple times in the video definitely one of if not the the deepest team in the league i mean it's, it's like as soon as you forget about like a guy like Michael Shima, he just hits a home run. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got support from literally everyone on their team that showed up to the to the Meadows that day. They did. Um, they really did. And, and you know, I, I think they definitely earned that sweep. But uh, Gators, uh, if they didn't already, certainly have their backs against the wall now. They do. They do. Um, pretty much looking at a must-win series for them going against the Eagles in Slate 4. That's not in stone yet. They can still, they're still within striking distance of both the Eagles and the Mallards. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not all down and out for them, but, I mean, it's starting to get to the point where you got to start winning some games if you want to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Two and seven's not going to not gonna cut it. The D-backs were two and seven last year, won the World Series, so it's definitely not over for them. But, um, yeah, I think the All-Star break is going to be good for this team as they need a bit of a mental reset. Yeah. 
specifically after game two, which boiled into game three and losing. But, man, just how quickly the tides of a season can change. You know, you never yep. know. what If they do win that game, a big game against the D-backs, that would have put their record at three and five going into, yeah, the last game. Mm-hmm. Could win that one and have a three-way tie yep. in the standings in the NL going into the All-Star break. So just a massive momentum shift. Yep. And uh, like I said, it's unfortunate. I like guys in the D-backs. I like guys in the Gators. But, you know, Chris goes out there on the mound, and he's one you can just see grinding. He was out there. He's sweating. He's putting his everything into every pitch. And uh, props to him for taking the mound still in game three. Mm-hmm. And honestly, pitched a decent game. I thought his stuff was actually pretty good all day, to be he, honest. You know, Chris is normally, I feel like Chris is is normally really consistent with his arm slots and, the and you know, where he likes to locate his pitches. Mm-hmm. But I started to see him mix in some more sort of, like, underhand and, like, sidearm throws where normally he's a lot more over the top. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could, you know, attest to that too, Bennett, but I, I felt like watching the video, he was he was mixing it up a little bit more. Yeah, I, was, I actually noticed that too because uh, normally what we see from him is, like, you know, his little slider, his little screw drop and super curve. Yep. I think he was mixing in a little slide drop in there too, which was kind of throwing us off a little bit. I don't it think was a Chris, pretty good slide drop too. Yeah, That's a good yeah. There There's a pitch to uh, Mike in that game that I think uh, struck him out. It was a good one, caught the inside corner. Uh, I mean, I don't think Chris was pitching bad at all. It just it kind of sucks what went down in the third inning, and it's kind of just been an omen for their season. And like you said, guys just trying to make a play. Yeah, you, you can say whatever you want, but when the adrenaline's going in that moment, you're just trying to make a play. You want to be a playmaker. It's part. It's probably one of the worst things about baseball is there is those individualistic moments compared to other sports where like a guy's got to step up and make a play. Yeah, and sometimes the plays aren't made, and that's just how it goes. It's part of baseball, wiffle ball. Um, like I said, I dealt with that. Growing up playing baseball, I've had teammates deal with that, and it's never never something that's fun to be a part of. It's never fun to watch. So, uh, Chris, I feel for you, buddy. Stay strong. I think that's Gator one Nation, of, prop up your boy Chris. Don't be yeah. too hard on him. I think that's honestly one of the, uh, you know, you saying that I feel like it's one of the coolest things about baseball and wiffle ball is that it is a team sport, um, but ultimately the outcome a lot of the times is – is affected by like individual performances. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's it is. It's like it's you know the the pitcher's out there alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you're 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 up at bat. You know, solo. It's like you either caught the ball or you didn't. Yeah. You know, you either you either threw it home or you didn't. Um, so there's a lot of like individual aspects to the game, which I think makes it really versatile and. And cool, but and of course, all sports have the individual aspects, right? A, a team is made up of individuals. Yeah, it's just more obviously seen in baseball, I think, compared to other sports. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I agree. It's like it's more evident. The way it, more it becomes evident. more apparent. But um, I wanted to ask Bennett. So, you know, conversely, the Gators here got their backs against the wall, um, like the Diamondbacks were last year. Came all the way back, won the World Series. Now you guys are sitting at eight and one. Um, you know, some people might say you guys are getting hot at the wrong time uh, for what's Very been for what's been you know six you know the, the secret Eagles- to success for the Diamondbacks in past seasons. You guys are getting hot a little bit too early. What would you say to those people? Those haters, baby. those guys. I would say to those guys that's just an absolutely ridiculous statement. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you got to be hot. You got to win games. We want to win the division. We don't want to have to play in the NLDS. I mean, we've already. I think we clinched our. Uh, spot in the postseason you did yes. so at this point we just want to keep winning games and um try to get into the nlcs without any uh problems at all just so we have one step to get back to the world series and win it again 
clearly joking there, but um, the if there were betting odds or whatever, just the odds of the Diamondbacks winning their you know their division or even the World Series was, oh, yeah. was probably the favorite you know going into the year mm-hmm. um, to three Pete and I you know I would love to see what those odds how those odds would move if they were to actually like win the division in the regular season because not having to play that first series. Is just like such a big difference they to get to that, that World in, Series in twenty twenty one. You guys won the uh, the division before your days in the league, but um, you got, I think you guys clinched it in slate four there in twenty twenty one. It was the Curdy series, the infamous Curdy home run series when you clinched it in game three, mm-hmm. and they will have a chance to clinch it again in slate four with I believe two wins against the Mallards. Is what it's going to take? I think that's the gotcha. number. They got to win the series against the Mallards, and that will clinch them the one seed in slate four so best of luck to you bennett we're gunning for you but overall um the gators as a as a whole jack what do you what are your thoughts i'll share mine but what do you how do you assess this franchise right now nine games in sitting at two and seven yeah uh it's really it's really an interesting spot because with our trade um moving chadwick to the gators they don't have a, a ton of like draft capital um which is which is very interesting for a team that you know right now is at the bottom of their division. That being said, uh, it's still the same core guys that won a World Series. What was it three years ago now? Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's like the, wiffle ball is is like like football, like a lot of sports, is kind of just like a game of inches, and things can you know snowball one way or positively or negatively. And I think just for the Gators, it's kind of just been a similar season to like the magic had last year where it's just kind of all the stuff's going wrong at the wrong time. Yeah. Um, so, Oh my wow. God. That was, that was brutal. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to leave that one, but I have to, I that, have that to. one's getting left in, but oh um, my gosh, I don't know. Like if I'm, if I'm Zerlag, I guess I would, I would probably maybe, consider trying to make some some moves some adjustments but at the same time if if he kind of said like i'm good with my guys and i'm confident in them you know rolling into next season or to, to finish this season out and when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply see what they can do um and try to make the playoffs like i could see that that being a valid you know i would back him on that too if that makes sense Bennett, you oh, have a question he raising his hand. hand i was just gonna say uh as you were talking about the gators uh winning the world series a few years ago i think it's just crazy how like improved this league gets year after year because honestly i think this gators team is better than they were when they won the world series and they probably would have won it with this team back then probably so i just think year after year it's just crazy how we get so much better that's a good point very good point I will say, if I had to be critical right now, I think a couple of things that are hurting this team is, so number one, like you said, that trade for Chadwick. I didn't hate getting Chadwick. It's good for their team, the Kemi. Yeah. But um, it was interesting that last year they were kind of just fighting to get into the playoffs. And you don't usually see teams, like, make moves and become buyers in this league when, like, your backs are kind of against the wall. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Because then they ended up making that trade and giving up future draft stock, but still missed the postseason, which right. was interesting. 
You never want to be at the bottom and then have no picks. Right. You know what I mean? On top of that, on uh, the defensive side and on the pitching side, I think they've got to find a way to throw more strikes. I believe Jorgensen had nine walks in that first game. Other than that, pitch good. His his command's been pretty good on his stuff in terms of like when he is throwing strikes, the movement is there. Mm-hmm. And hitters aren't really squaring it up. Yes, you hit a grand slam, but solo shots in this league aren't going to kill you. The grand slams are, and those runners are on base because of walks yeah. most of the time. I think, like I said, nine walks in that first game. Cheatham also a little bit wild. Um, walks hurt him big time. So those two got to find a way to throw more strikes. Yeah. On the offensive end, Zerlag was a guy who was, I think he was in the running for most improved in one of the past uh, few years. I don't know if he won it or not, but he seems to be just kind of thrown away at bats right now. And Chadwick is battling, but uh, not getting the results. There was a hilarious, one of my favorite moments of the whole entire season. Sick at bat. (laughs) That was so funny. Chadwick goes down on three pitches and then just, Sweet at bat. Yeah. <laughs> and Kyle <laughs> runs through it, just drop ball, drop ball, drop ball. Chadwick just it was all dirty drop balls. Me. If yeah. you know Jason, like his sense of humor, it was just <laughs> yeah. so funny. The straight face, just like sweet at bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh I, my gosh. I, I, I chuckled at that too. But you 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 bring up a good point, Tom, um, with Jorgensen having some I mean, I don't like you said, like I don't think his command has been like that bad, but he, he yeah, has been probably, walking some people like yeah. they, like you know more than I know he would like and more than is probably uh is is probably what the Gators want as a team that being said they did make that trade for Chadwick who on the magic was uh I know. a frequent pitcher yeah uh you know he was pitching at least one game a series for us if mm-hmm. not two at times so you know I would like to maybe see uh Zerlag kind of get a little bit more creative with those three pitchers in terms of like how he rotates them uh, either throughout a series or maybe even throughout a single game. Hmm. Um, it's a good point because that could be something that could just keep, keep the, the opposing hitters a little bit more off balance. Um, and yeah, I agree with, with your statement about Zerlag. Uh, he, he was, you know, you would think with these new rules, um, a team like the Gators with how Zerlag had, had batted the past couple seasons, like he would be a great four spot guy mm-hmm. for them. Um, and it just hasn't been there for whatever reason for him. So I think if he can turn that around and, and maybe they can get a little bit more creative in their, in their bullpen management, um, you know, anything's possible. Bennett, how did you guys dig deep last year when you were sitting at two and seven and you took on the Eagles and got a big series win? Uh, what did you guys do? What was that like for you guys? Well, unfortunately, uh, this is kind of a running joke on our team. Uh, the first like regular season series win that oh, I was boy. at was this year against the Preds uh-huh. because I wasn't able to make the Eagles series last year. Um, but honestly, what just got us going is uh, Jonah uh, hitting that walk-off home run last year. And uh, I think a lot of people forget how good Jonah really is until he turns it on in the second half. Like you see people in like the league discord or in our comments, just mm-hmm. talking down to Jonah. And then he just goes out and proves them wrong every year. So it's like, when will they learn? So I think, I guess my answer to your question is that Jonah's kind of a spark plug in the second half for us and got us going. It's all it takes is one big swing. Hey, one swing can change the world. That's right. I mean, the D back season was literally upended at that point, mm-hmm. back on track. Yep. Magically down to the last strike. So that was cool to see for sure. But uh, any final comments from you guys on this series? Um, I don't want to dwell on the negatives too much for the Gators. Like I said, it was tough. Gator Nation, I feel for you. Hang in there. But that game two one was as gut-wrenching as it gets in terms of MLW losses. Yeah. I mean, that was just like the life was just like 
gosh. It was, that sucked. I didn't even want to watch the video back. I, I didn't want to see it again. I didn't want to have to relive it. I, did, I feel bad for Chris if he had to watch that again. Oh, yeah. Man, tough. Tough all the way around. But let's get into this week's comment of the week. Um, long one. This series had it all. Controversial second game. Chadwick being super salty. Some big bombs and an error by Jimmy Norp. What? Great job again to Kyle and Tommy on commentary. But let's give some credit to Mr. Schultz. He is at every game keeping score. This man is a great father supporting his sons and the players of this league. I don't know if Jimmy made an error or not, but I wanted to give the nod to Mr. Schultz in this week's comment of the week. <laughs> Gotta love Mr. Schultz. Well-deserved. I well wish, deserved. I mean, we, we're we like a broken record, I think, giving him credit, and we're we're not Still broken not enough. enough. Still not, not broken enough, enough uh, because he deserves all the credit. Ben, the A1, number one stat keeper for mm-hmm. us. He's there every single series, always supporting. Um, can't say enough about Mr. Schultz. You really can't. I can go on for hours. Yeah. Are we Incredible. Get to hear his voice here soon at the All Star game. Did he get to call the All Star game? Oh, I think he did. Or was it Dan? I think it was. Who was it? I should know this. I, was, I wasn't there for the All Star game. It. I came for the Derby. I don't even know who it was. To be honest, I forget. It could have been Dan. It might have been Dan. Might be treated to a Mr. Schultz game soon. Maybe. Maybe. I honestly, guys, don't even remember. I definitely should know that, but I don't remember what decision was finally made. But, yeah, that game is coming up. Up next on the channel is the Home Run Derby this Friday and then the All-Star game the following Friday. And then we're getting into Slate 4. So, a lot still to happen. But um, while Casey's here, Casey, I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, the Patreon, the MLW Patreon, of course, that Jimmy Norp has sort of taken the reins of uh, within the past year or so. And now you are joining him in some sort of uh, expedition of your own. You want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. Uh, so, as I talked about in the beginning of the episode, uh going into sports journalism, uh, I saw an opportunity. I always knew, just being friends with Jimmy, that he struggled a little bit with the Patreon at times, just finding uh, ideas for content. So I kind of reached out to him, and I'm like, I kind of want to come up there this summer and maybe do some interviews with the players of our league because I think uh, that'd probably be in demand for a lot of our bigger fans in the league, Mm -hmm. like want to know more about Jack, who I actually just did an interview with. It should be on the Patreon here shortly. I've done Nick and Jimmy want to do bunch of other people before I have to leave for the summer but it's just been cool and it's also cool for me because these are people that I've seen like play wiffle ball on YouTube and just to get to know them more is just cool to me mm-hmm. so to give um and it's kind of for my job it sounds like yeah to give yeah seriously to give the <laughs> the fans a, well he does he doesn't have nearly as many voice cracks Tom either so. well, I know I'm not cut out for this industry guys somehow I ended <laughs> up in this chair I don't know how I didn't start this podcast I kind of had to save a sinking ship two years ago now <laughs> And now you stuck with I, my I cracking a, voice. Nah, I climbed aboard. He but, did. Jack, um, help me row. So just to give the fans like a little bit more insight, what interests you about sports journalism in general? And um, you know, if you're willing, like, what's what's like your ultimate goal, or what would be kind of like your dream going down that path? What's the dream job? Yeah, my ultimate goal pipe dream is to end up in a broadcast booth at Wrigley Field. Nice. Oh, or just, go. I mean, any any professional baseball, but big Cub fan, so Wrigley Field would be sweet. Just kind of growing up and listening to, like, Pat Hughes. He's the Cubs radio guy, just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, just listening to his calls, like, at Cubs games every day growing up, it was just, I kind of fell in love with, first of all, baseball, and then, like, announcers' calls of, like, big moments. Mm-hmm. And I've always been told my whole life that I have a good voice for, like, radio or, like, broadcasting, so it's just kind of been a... Agreed. I agree. Better than mine for sure. Yeah. I wasn't crack like a 12 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, question for you. 
always kind of wanted to know this from a journalist. Maybe it's personal preference, but what's like more desirable that radio play by play or the TV play by play? It's, it's kind of different. Uh, a lot of people might not think about this, but with the radio thing, you kind of have to paint more of a picture for the audience because they can't see it mm-hmm. visually. So like you'll hear like radio announcers talking about where the winds blow in. Uh, well, no, the guys on TV, yeah, a lot of times they're just like showing fans in the crowd. And th- there was a funny skit out on this on Twitter, but it's like, yeah, enjoy that ice cream, young man. Saying <laughs> yeah. Garbage about nothing, essentially. Whereas, yeah, the guys on the radio are like, Erlander takes a deep yeah. breath before yeah. towing the rubber. He's looking, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. The, pe- the people on the radio are definitely more like artists trying to like paint a picture for the audience when like the TV guys, uh, the TV broadcast, you can kind of see what's going on and they're more commenting on what everyone's seeing. Yeah. It is different. It definitely I, is different. I think what's cool about the the TV guys is you've, because the general environment of like a baseball game, it's not like super intense all the time. It's no. kind of like more laid back. It's more of like an experience. You can kind of just like hang out and then every once in a while you hear the crack of the bat and it's like, oh, that was a bomb. <laughs> um, so I, I think what's cool Depends about how much like, city you're in, yeah, how good your team is. Right, exactly. But what's cool about the TV broadcast and like, Casey, you talking about, I think it was the radio guy, but just how, you know, like listening to him, um, you kind of like get to know, you almost feel like, you know, those people, like For those sure. broadcasters, because you're, it's like, you're just hanging out with them kind of, you know what I mean? Especially those TV guys where you're watching it. So they're not like painting the picture as much. It's more just sort of like commentary along with the game and, you know, saying things when they need to, but it's more just generally sort of like hanging out kind of. It's also kind of cool, like going back as I've grown up and probably still do at times in my life now, like going and seeing like the greatest sports moments of the 2010s and just all the iconic calls. Oh, just, I know. It would be so cool to just have my own call in that kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Iconic calls are definitely cool. I, I enjoy that aspect of it a lot. That like can make or break a moment, to be honest. Yeah, it really can. But Bennett, to give the fans a, uh, this is the surprise I was talking to you about, to give the fans a taste of uh, what goes down on Patreon. How about you interview me with a couple couple uh, questions? Just one, mm. one or two. The, I've always thought about doing you and Kyle, but I feel like you guys' lives are more out there than other players. But oh, I don't know, Bennett. People maybe not you them. as much. Yeah, Tom is a shady, shady cat. I do, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to just feel like I'm stealing your job, Tom. Oh no, you're not. <laughs> but my interviews are more just about like the per- person themselves outside of wiffle ball. Okay. But I, I guess I'll just try to throw you some of the questions that I've thrown. Yeah, throw me a softball so, so I can ask him about turf management. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Tom, uh, can you tell me what it was like growing up for you, uh, what your family was like, your interests and hobbies growing up? Oh, man. So my family, I was the so I'm a Coglin, obviously. And on my dad's side of the family, he's the one who gave me the Coglin name. Of course, there is 10 grandkids and I am the only boy. So there is, I can, I can name them right now. There's Riley, Kendall, Rachel. So you went and saw Lauren. Barbie this past weekend. <laughs> if I was younger, I 100% would. Oppenheimer. Yeah. Riley, Kendall, <laughs> Rachel, Lauren, Katie, Courtney, Taylor, Paige, Justine, and then Tommy. So there's nine, nice. nine girls, one boy. So I am the Tommy only, Lynn. only the grandson, only grandson. And uh, I had two sisters. So I was definitely like. The Schultz brothers really were like my brothers growing up. You know, I was always over at Kyle's house doing whatever sports related stuff because I wasn't really into the same stuff as my sisters, of course. And uh, I'd say I got more of my sports gene like from my mom. She's a, she still is. She's a bigger sports fan than I am. She loves sports. She loves her Spartan football and basketball and Tigers baseball. So, 
Yeah, that was interesting for sure because I spent a lot of time with the Schultz brothers and the Schultz family, still do. And um, I feel like I was kind of, I was the middle child too, and they would say the middle child kind of does his own thing and is independent, but I felt like that especially applied to me because I had two sisters who like didn't have a lot of similar interests as me. So by the time we were like a little bit grown up, I was kind of just like doing my own thing. I got you. I was long-winded. Jeez. Those are the answers I like. Yeah. yeah. That's what the people want to hear. One more. Uh, my next question for you. So growing up, of course, you saw Kyle uh, editing the videos and kind of growing this thing. Uh, how kind of involved were you with the come up of MLW? And like, at what point did you uh, just kind of get more and more involved in like the business side of it? And at what point, I guess I'm asking, did you kind of take it more seriously along with Kyle? I feel like I always took it pretty serious, to be honest. I guess that's well, easy, other than easy when you retired. It. Yeah. Well, let me get into that. <laughs> that that's that kind of just speaks to the like how serious I do take things when I'm working at them. So. When we first started going, yes, it was just for fun. But then, like, as we started to get more into it, like, we were always trying to make the best videos. And then, yes, I retired. But that was solely to, like, focus on baseball. Like, that's – I'm not a person. I'm just kidding. Like, no, it's all good. <laughs> um, so that was when I was getting into high school. And I definitely think – people can do both. But I was never really good at bouncing both the wiffle ball and baseball thing. Like, I can remember days playing wiffle ball all day out in the Schultz's front yard at Colts Field and then going to baseball practice that night and then, like – Swing and missing at the first 10 pitches of BP in practice because, like, my I was used to the timing and the weight of the wiffle ball bat and that kind of thing, and then just being terrible at practice. There's also a game I remember where I was pitching in baseball and I had a guy in first base. I was probably like, you know, 11, 12 years old. And I just, like, from pitching all day in wiffle ball, I just started to go from the wind up and the guy stole second base because my brain was so used to just doing wind up, wind up, wind up and never stretch. So, wasn't really balancing those two things successfully. And I wanted to do my very best to give myself a good baseball career. So, Went all in on baseball for three, four years there. Came back to wiffle ball, and I feel like ever since I came back, we were pretty locked in, to be honest. Um, played that first season, and then that off season was the move to the Meadows. So that's when we were kind of, uh, all our eggs were in the basket. So I feel like from the jump, I was pretty bought into this could be something if we play our cards right. 11-year-old Tom was making business decisions. I'm a businessman. I was selling, I'm trying to think, fifth grade. How old are you in fifth grade? Or maybe it was sixth or seventh grade. <laughs> 12, 11. I remember I made a pretty good amount of money selling duct tape wallets in school in like seventh oh, grade. Those were sick. Yeah. I might have bought one of those. You probably did. <laughs> Hopefully it still worked. My uncle's sister to this day still has a duct tape wallet that I made her. That's how long what would you, did you Did you ever do, what was it called in like, um, oh man, we did it in like probably third or fourth grade where it was basically... Mini, what society. mini society oh i killed it what did you society, what did bro. you sell what so, did you do all right for those of you who don't know what we're talking about this was, this was basically like um you pretty much you set not, up in like the gymnasium and you basically like it was like a market it yeah. was like yeah it was basically you could do it with like a group of people or yourself but you essentially had to uh be a member of this marketplace and you were given you know money in the beginning to to go buy other things or, you know, kind of like barter or trade or like mm -hmm. whatever you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I have a great mini society story, Jack. So, and in hindsight, I think it was worth nothing, but it was cool at the time. But anyways, so what I did was I made bookmarks and all I did was like, I had a bunch of sports magazines. So I would like cut out these pictures of sports players and like glue them onto construction paper and then like cut them out with like a fancy shaped scissor, like a, like a zigzag scissor, a spiral scissor. Nice. You know how they have those scissors that are like mm -hmm. fancy like that. My mom had a kit like that, so I used those, made construction paper bookmark, bookmarks. But to also cater to the female audience, I would go through my sister's, like, 
What were those stupid magazines that would like cover all of like the teen news, like Disney Channel and Nickelodeon yeah. stars? What were those called? Like I don't remember, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, so like those girly magazines that t- teenage girls would read. I cut up Bennett those knows. too. He knows yeah, for Bennett, a fact. Bennett's into those. He's still reading. So them. I cut up those too, and those honestly might have sold better than the sports pictures. <laughs> really? Yeah, because all the girls wanted those. So I was selling. I had girls were reading more. They, there was more yeah, demand. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it was. I had the money was flowing in, sold out of the bookmarks, and then I took all the money I made from Mini Society. And some kid for his mini society was raffling off a Michael Jordan basketball card. Put all my money into that and won the Michael Jordan basketball wow. card. Wow. <laughs> nice. So Very that was cool. my mini society story. I think we did something like really basic. I want to I wanna say that that was, uh, we did that sort of like at the end of the year mm-hmm. where it was kind of getting hot. I like we, I, I, I believe we just came with like slushies. Like we had oh. like a cooler and it, and it was dude we sold out like so fast yeah. like i i spent the majority of the time just spending my money that i made because we sold out in the first like couple <laughs> hours like uh, there was not we had no more inventory yeah. there was nothing for us to sell yeah we Too sold out way faster than we thought yeah i'm pretty sure there was like two days of that and yeah the first day i had sold out and the next day i made more so i was okay yeah but yeah fun experiences fun experiences bennett i've always been i've always liked being an entrepreneur that's for sure from the duct tape wallets to the bookmarks to who knows what else I've done? Cut some lawns in my day, break some leaves, you know, whatever it does, whatever it takes to put some bread on the table for the family. Done a good job here, Tom. <sighs> it's doing my best, Ben. I'm doing my best, but uh, going to have to wrap this one up, folks. Appreciate you all tuning in. A lot coming up in MLW. Here we go. Four weekends in a row. You ready, Jack? Yep. St. Louis series. Mm. Buy your tickets now. Wiffle in the mittens. Yep. A week left to sign up. Mini MLB series in Vermont. Free admission Ooh. for all. And last but not least, the Long Island Whiffs Tournament in Long Island, New York. So, going to be a jam-packed month. Going to be a tough month. Going to put uh, going to put me to the test for sure. Oh, yeah. In terms of the workload. But I know hopefully we look back on this in September and smile. So, be a fun time. Bennett, appreciate you coming on down to the old pod studio. Of course. Hope I'd you like, enjoyed your time. I'd like to say one more thing. Mm. Oh, get your last comment in. I just want to call out all of those oh, fans who had us ranked at about seventh in the power rankings at the beginning of the year. As Bennett once said, who's the poor man snakes now? Who's the poor man snakes That was now? bold. That was a bold comment there post-game. <laughs> Bennett was feeling good in the World Series, I'll tell you what. As he should, as he should. But Bennett, who sat the bench the entire World Series. <laughs> still got a ring on his finger right. in a yeah. more recent time period than I do. So That's all right. who should be laughing? Probably Bennett. Probably Bennett. Ah, ah, ah. But I'm going to keep giving Bennett a hard time at the field. Looking forward to playing him in a couple weeks here. But uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. My favorite fishing lure is the Gary Yamamoto 5-inch Senko. We'll catch you guys next week. We got to talk for like 10 more minutes. What should we say? We didn't cover Game 3. We didn't talk about Patreon. Ah, perfect 10-minute plug. We don't need to cover Game 3 too much. I mean, it was ugly. Um... (laughs) (laughs) The worst part is it didn't even feel like a sweep completely.